today I have joining me Natasha and Amelia. Hi, Hi. guys. <laughs> Y'all want to introduce yourselves? <laughs> so quiet. <laughs> All right, I'll go. Uh, this is Natasha Dominguez, and um, I guess I've been really interested in all sorts of things, strange and otherworldly, and um, I guess overall, overall just odd for a while. Um, I do have a background in paranormal investigation. Um, I do have like a paranormal group, uh, Spectral Visions. Uh, based out of Manchester, New Hampshire, and I also do a lot of uh, mystical stuff on the side, like tarot and um, astrology, so uh, when Sam brought up the idea for this podcast, I was super excited to to join, because I feel like um, there's never enough, uh, I guess, knowledge on these topics, and it's super fun to talk about. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, and I think we're all in a similar boat, too. I just remember from a very young age just being fascinated with anything that wasn't, like, normal. So, like, ESP and astrology and all of that stuff just always really grabbed my attention. Um, I remember playing Bloody Mary quite a bit as a child. (laughs) Probably too young to have known what that game was, but there I was. And here I am now. Should I go now? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Never done a podcast before. (laughs) uh, Go ahead. Hi, I'm Amelia, and uh, I'm not as well-spoken as my counterparts, but I have also liked weird things since I can remember. I think the first time I realized it was in elementary school, um watching scary movies now that I think about it as an adult I think I liked scary movies a lot because I was an anxious kid and watching them made me uh take the anxiety off of myself and for the and put it on the people on screen so um yeah so it started with horror movies and um horror novels and then it's just kind of bled into everything that I like about everything (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah, I think that sums it up for for me, at least. Um, the anxiety piece, particularly, I think is like a really good point of like being able to project that onto something that's not so personal and like getting a breather from it has always been definitely a plus of liking weird shit, particularly mm-hmm. horror movies. Um, yeah. So, well said, guys. We got this. We're we're rolling. We can do this. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess that kind of gives you a good idea of where we're coming from. Um, and I, it's really the basis of our friendship. So, um, we all met working at the same college, and literally there was never a shortage of conversation about just anything mystical or weird or odd um we all listen to the same podcasts we um you know watch similar movies we never ran out of stuff to talk about and it was all stuff that in our cubicles our cube mates were like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so I guess that's kind of how that's where this all started what do you think, guys? Hitting it on the nose? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So to start off with, um, other than just kind of giving you like insight into how we are as people and why I think we identify as kind of on the strange side, um, we wanted to share some stories from when we were young, like just weird things that we were told or like tall tales that we remember from childhood. Um, So I'll go first. Um, I have two, so I'll share one, and then we can move on to Tosh and then Amelia, and then maybe cycle back around. But 
like one of my most vivid youngest memories of being told like a really weird like tall tale or really weird story was it was it was the holidays and we were at my grandfather and grandmother's house and I must have been pretty young because my grandmother was still alive um and she had passed when I was in third grade so my uncle was telling I only remember it, it being me. Maybe my other cousins were around, but he was telling this story about um, this this person, this guy who was riding in a car and he was, you know, hanging out. And as he was driving or being driven around, he had a yo-yo that he was playing with out the window and then had proceeded to get his arm ripped off by a car that was passing because he had his arm out the window and I remember being so fucking terrified of of that story and like crying and I don't really know why he told it to me like was it a cautionary tale was he just trying to make me like ruffle my feathers I don't know I don't even know if he remembers telling me that my question is, is that a true story? Because that just seems kind of wild. That is a good question. Let me, I, I'm going to Google it in real time. I uh, don't know what the point, I don't know what the point was. Because who the fuck, can I swear? Yeah. Okay, who the fuck drives around with a yo-yo? And who's, like, what is this, 1942? And who, who puts it out the window to roll it around while they're driving like that's there's so many unsafe driving practices there and I don't under what does that person look like that does that yeah I don't armless know. he looks armless <laughs> literally like I just I cannot for the life of me like why why oh god don't google this oh d- make sure your safe search is on or something I think it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> What's done is done. <laughs> but, oh my God. Yeah. Don't, guys, don't Google it. It's a wormhole. Don't Ooh. do it. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was like a cautionary. T- like, I wasn't even. I, like, I don't know. I, I wasn't. I was just about to say I wasn't a particularly reckless child, but that's not true. Um, but I can't imagine that I was like trying to stick parts of my body out the window. And so I don't know why it would be a cautionary tale. I'm going to, I'm going to have to ask if he remembers telling me that story. I'm curious. Cause it's like a very vivid memory for me. You should ask him and you should let us know if he remembers. And if he does, can he please tell us why? <laughs> because yeah, if you aren't a kid, that's like habitually shoving your arms out the window for no reason. And you're not a 15-year-old about to go for their permit test. I don't see the point in telling a scary story about a goddamn car. Literally my thoughts exactly. (laughs) I have so many questions now. Oh, my God. Have any of you seen Arrested Development? I know it's a little off topic. Um, Yes. Some. The there's this whole part and I haven't seen this in years so forgive me if I'm wrong but there's this whole part where the dad tells them as like young kids about this guy who like pretends to get his arm ripped off doing something and I can't I think it has to do with the car do you remember this yes and it was like oh it wasn't it was like a whole running joke like they thought when they were adults like he literally lost his arm but like he didn't yes it was like a like for everything like the dad had this guy do this for like every like everything imaginable I feel like I totally remember that wait so he the dad in Arrested Development would tell this story over and over or he'd invite this friend over with no arms and be like look what will happen to you if you yes yeah yeah wow he like hired him yeah, if you've seen Parks and Rec, I think it's the same guy that plays Jean Ralphio's dad, <gasps> isn't it? Um, Harvey, no, not Harvey. Ooh, no, it's uh, what's his <laughs> Finkel? No, I don't know. He After... was on Happy Days, right? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. my God, that's the same guy. I didn't even realize. Wow. 
He's also, have you guys seen Barry on HBO? No. He also plays an act, improv acting teacher on that show, and it's very, very good. I'm all for the funnies. Yeah, he's a good comedic relief. That, mo- that show is very, very good. What's it called? Barry. Barry. As in Manilow. Barry Manilow. I don't know who that is. You know who Barry Manilow is. He croons. Oh, Barry Manilow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm with you. I have no idea what I thought you said. Uh, yeah. So that's story one of mine. I have another one, but Tasha, Amelia, if you guys want to tell yours, I'm dying to hear it. <laughs> okay. Uh, go for it, Amelia. No, I just said you go. Oh, okay. Uh, awesome. So, so smooth, guys. Um, so I I have this one weird story and it's happened to me, I think, between the, uh, between the ages of five and seven. I lived in this particular house. Um, so we moved when I was five into basically a two-family home, but like the first floor was like a basement apartment. And then we had I guess technically the first floor was like our apartment. Um, But we had been living there for a while, I feel like, and I had my own room and I, it was summer and I was asleep or like falling asleep in my bed. And um, I'm pretty sure the window was open, um, which was located at the foot of my bed. And my bed was like up against that wall. So I'm just like laying there trying to fall asleep with my nightlight on because I'm literally like six. And I hear my name being said really loud um, coming from the foot of my bed. So I w- in my head, I was like my closet or the window, either way terrifying but the way that the voice sounded is something that is super hard to describe but like something I've never heard again unless it was like a a voice changer in a scary movie or something so it was like it was almost like three voices over each other um was the best way I could describe it and it just said Natasha and me being I don't even know what got into me I grabbed my covers and I was like who are you? What do you want from me? Like I was in a scary movie or something. And all it did was say my name again, Natasha, terrifyingly. And I just put the blankets over my head and laid there until I inevitably fell asleep. And the next morning I woke up and I told my mom and she was like, oh, wow, sounds like you had a really bad dream. And I was like, no, like this was real. And uh, and I just kind of dropped it, I guess, but, uh, it was terrifying <laughs> when I look back on it and I, I will never forget it. And then the, I guess the other weird part was that, um, obviously we had downstairs neighbors and with us being technically on the first floor and my window being open, I'm like, well, maybe it was like them playing a trick, but like, it was this like older mother and their like late teenager like age son, like probably like 17, 18, I would assume. Um, I'm pretty sure they immigrated from Haiti. Um, but like they were fine. And, but like one day, and I don't know if this was before or after me and my mother come home from like the grocery store and the mother is like out on her front steps and she's just like, reading all of the stuff I think from the Bible like out loud and like just giving off like really in a different language to like um, Spanish or, or something that I don't remember clearly uh, but it was just like really bad vibes and my mom was just like go inside and I'm like trying to think back like who knows like what they could have been up to downstairs and maybe whatever they were up to you know was trying to make its way up up a floor like I have no idea but um never ever experienced anything like that again thank god yeah I oh go ahead Amelia oh I'm so sorry I was gonna say and now that because I know I've heard you um mention this story before I wonder so you said the window was at the foot of your bed yeah like if it was like a square room and yeah, my head, my headboard was like up at one corner and then the foot of my bed, like it wasn't, my bed would ended before the window, if that makes sense. Like the foot of my bed okay. was right before the window and then the window was there and then like the closet door was right there too. So it was in the c- corner from the window and the closet door. 
Where was the door door into your room? It was on the other side of the room completely. But was your were the feet of your bed facing it? Yes. Okay. So when I, I don't know where my grandmother got this from, but when I was growing up, my grandmother always said you never sleep with your foot, the feet of your bed in the direction of the door, because that is like a portal more or less. Like it makes it easy for a demon to come in and take you. What? That is the total opposite of feng shui, I feel like. Really? She said it was like a French thing that like her mom told her or something. I mean, that makes sense, I guess. But that's so interesting because feng shui, I remember looking it up once. It was like, if you walk into a room and you're standing in the doorway, the headboard of your bed should be on the opposite wall facing your door. And I'm mm. like, that. I don't know. That's super creepy, though. And I want to look up more weird things about that. Plus, like, if you think about it, if they were doing some fishy shit in the building, like... All the things I've read, which are not sourceable or probably reliable, but about paranormal stuff are like, yeah, kids and animals are like m- more susceptible to that sort of thing. So it, when there's like a negative presence, they try and seek out the easiest target more or less, which is usually like a child or a very old person or an animal. Yep, I definitely can vouch for that. Um, any sort of weakness, like uh, somebody's struggling with addiction or anything like that, you're so much easier to be susceptible to that type of thing. Yeah, you have a whole story on that too, which I'm sure we'll cover at some point. Um, mm-hmm. That's really interesting. So was that Nanny who told you that? Like yeah. that you should never sleep by the door? Mm-hmm. That's literally how my bed is set up. Like you walk in the door and you're basically like a foot away from the edge of my bed that's wild yeah it's it's definitely always played into how I arrange my room like I don't know I even though so in our old apartment our bedroom was much smaller than it even is here and really one of the only ways you could have the bed was so that it was the footboard was facing the door but it like barely overlapped the door, but that was Ryan's side of the bed. So uh, I think he's less susceptible to these things anyway. So it's okay. We, we oh didn't God. get possessed. We're fine. <laughs> it's so I definitely want to touch on that uh, like in a later episode and do some research because I'm fascinated and also a little horrified by that now. <laughs> um, yeah, we should definitely do at least part of an episode on that. I agree. Okay. Noted. <laughs> um, yeah, that's wild. And you remember it so vividly, too, like, and knowing it's not a dream and the fact that you've remembered it all these years, like. When they say, like, something haunts you for life, like, that is probably one, like, I have younger memories than that, but they're just, like, little blips of a moment. Like, that is burned into my brain, and I know 100%, like, it was not a dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so wild. Like, like you said, like knowing you had memories before then, obviously, but like, that's like your first one that was so pronounced. And of course, because it was so fucking scary. <laughs> like, oh, I can't even. Yeah, I think that's goes for all like strange stories we hear. Like, obviously, that's why I still fucking remember mine. <laughs> but yeah. What about you? Um, what's your uh your story? <laughs> yeah, so I have one that happened in college. So Natasha, for the listeners, Natasha and I went to the same um, art school in New Hampshire, and it was a small school, but they had multiple dormitories. I was a resident assistant and RA in one of them. Um, my now husband uh, was courting me at the time, very informally. And so he would play pranks on me all the time in the dorms. Um, the particular dorm we lived in, though, it was really strange. Like it had central air. It used to be an office building type of deal. So lots of drywall, lots of like those weird tiled ceilings that look like they have seagulls in the distance on them. Do you guys know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I always thought of them as when it was nap time in school. Anyway. I've never heard anyone describe it that way, but you're so right. Are you talking about like drop ceilings? Yeah. Like my house? Oh my God. 
seagulls in the distance. I'm looking at the ceiling right now, like, oh my god, it's good, right? Right. It's, yeah. I, I can tell you went to art school. I'll say that. <laughs> so that's how the ceilings were in, I, if I remember correctly, the entirety of the dorm. But because it was an old office building, it was like all circulated air, all central air. The windows didn't open. The only rooms that had actual windows to the outside were along the perimeter of the building. And then the inner kind of corridors of the dorm there were like these weird t- stretches of terrarium, like faux plant terrarium. And so kids that got rooms along those walls had like windows into the terrarium that had a skylight. So it was just kind of like a very weird building. All of the walls were curved, so there weren't any straight walls. It was all wavy, for lack of a better word. Um, so it's a creepy building. Just wanted to set the stage for that. Um Uh, My sophomore year, I think, it was Easter weekend, and I was not scheduled to be on duty, but um, my friend was, who also lives in New Hampshire, and he came up to me and he was like, hey, I know it's last minute, but do you mind covering duty for me? I really want to get down to uh, my family for Easter, and he lived in Connecticut, and I was like, oh, okay, sure. Um, So I took it, and then I forget who else was supposed to be on duty with me, because there's supposed to be two of us at a time, but um, I'm pretty sure the other person flaked out. So I was on duty alone. And when you're on duty as an RA, you need to make rounds once an hour. So you literally walk throughout the entire building, check in, make sure there's no one dying or smoking a bong. And uh, this particular night, you have to do it once an hour from 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the weekends. That's when quiet hours kind of kick in. So I forget exactly which hour it was, but I left my dorm room and I had a single. I lived alone. Um, I left my dorm room, walked around the building, saw a bunch of people kind of in the common areas. And then we had a built-in art studio. So that was kind of neat, but it looked like a fishbowl. Saw some people in there, went back to my room, and then I was sitting on my bed on my laptop. And I think I was watching something on my laptop. And along the wall that my headboard was leaning against so it was my neighbor's wall this lovely girl um I heard like finger tapping and I was like oh trying to get my attention like maybe my my show was too loud I don't know so I tapped back and then she tapped back I was like okay and then she started tapping back but farther along the wall and further away from my bed towards the door um, on her side. So I kind of followed and trailed the fingertips and, uh, I opened my door and I can't remember if she was in her room or not, which really sucks. I wish I remembered that better, but, um, in my head, she was in her room and she, I knocked on her door and I was like, Hey, you want to hang out? Like you were tapping on the wall. And she was like, I wasn't tapping on the wall. What are you talking about? So then I was like, Oh, that's weird. Okay. Um, the night went on, I did my rounds, nothing else really strange happened, um, towards the end of my shift. So probably between like 12 AM and 2 AM, I stopped into the studio and was talking with, um, a couple of my classmates and I was in there for probably the better part of an hour. So I started to, um, head back to my room and I opened my door and you guys know me, I'm a queen freak. So I was even more so in college when I had full domain over one very small space. But um, my bed, it had been made previously. So the bed was like torn apart, like my blankets were torn off, my pillows were all over the place. And then I had, at the time I was sleeping, this is so corny, but my grandfather who passed away when I was younger, he gave me a little My First Christmas doll and I was born right before Christmas. Um, so I had, I slept with that doll and that doll, it was right directly in the middle under my bed on the floor. It was the weirdest thing. So I was freaking out. I was like, that's it. Ryan, my now husband, I was like, he probably fucked with me. He didn't go home for Easter. And I texted him and I was like, are you in New Hampshire? And he was like, no. And he's the only other person really that had my room code. So I, cause we used to have to punch in a code to get into our rooms. Um, so I freaked out and my friend at the time 
willingly volunteered to sleep in the common room with me because I would like on the couches that people usually watch TV on because I refused to sleep in my room. And it was the night before Easter. So it was that Saturday night. So I uh, contacted my friend who at the time had recently uh, become, I don't, I don't know the difference between just a Christian and a born again Christian, but she hadn't been very religious previously and she had recently found Christ. So it was new to her, but I um, texted her and I was like, Hey, uh, at that time we didn't really talk much. I was like, Hey, I know we don't talk much, but I know you like God. So uh, is there any way you can come like pray in my room or something? (laughs) So she brought uh, her boyfriend's mom. So now her mother-in-law, she brought her boyfriend's mom over and we literally stood in a circle and like prayed in my room out loud. Um, I think it was the Monday after Easter because I ended up going home during the day for Easter. And I told my mom and she was like, I don't know, that doesn't sound right. Someone was goofing with you. Like someone saw you put punch in your room code and they were just messing with you. So um, my mom didn't believe me and nothing really creepy happened in that particular room uh, after we prayed in it. So I don't know if it worked, but uh, it was really freaking scary. You Wow never told me that story that is crazy it's just so weird like why was the doll what what does that mean like why was it directly under my bed in the middle like on the floor why that like why not I don't know a pair of underwear or some shit aren't demons perverted I don't get it (laughs) um tell us (laughs) Well, I was just going to say, well, maybe because that thing is in, for lack of a better word, kind of sacred to you and it holds a lot of meaning uh, meaning and kind of gives you comfort. So what is the easiest way to, you know, prey on your fears is to probably mess with that doll, it sounds like. So Mm. of course they were going to choose that and not the random pair of underwear that you probably could have, you know, kicked under there by accident. Mm -hmm. Whatever it may be. That's a really good point. Yeah. And the other thing um, I was thinking about was like the fact that it was Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. Does that have anything to do with it? So my friend helped me um, and like prayed in my room with me said like at the, and this is like obviously coming from a very Christ um, loving place, which I don't mean that in a bad way, but um, she was saying that like on days associated with, major days that are associated with and celebrated as part of Christ's life. So Easter, um, it kind of to the, to the other side, like the bad side, the bigger wins can happen on, like, it's a bigger insult to mess with a child of Christ on like a Christ day than it is any other day of the year. So she hypothesized that I was just, particularly vulnerable like my soul was vulnerable at the time and they were looking for a target and I happened to be there and they were like cool um fuck you Jesus uh gonna scare this chick (laughs) oh my god that that's kind of interesting I guess I know that I've never heard that before Mm -hmm. I mean I guess I come from a particularly religious background but like I don't know. I have questions about that. Like, why you? Because as far as I know, you're not particularly religious. Right. And also, I don't know. Were you baptized? Yeah, I was baptized and I made my first communion in the Catholic Church. So I guess maybe, maybe that. But that's like going on a deep dive through the record books. Like, bro, if you want a big win, go hit the Pope up. (laughs) Like, I'm not your chick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not big game by any means. <laughs> Go hit the pope up. That was a good one. Oh my god. Oh wow. That was I'm glad that I never heard that before because that was a, a roller coaster. It is. I definitely have told that story more concisely before, but I think I got my point across. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> You sure did. <laughs> what do you what else do you have, Sam? Oh yeah. This is so this is my second story of the night. So this is so weird to me too, because I feel like it's another example of like why is this adult telling me this random thing? Um but it wasn't just me. So 
in middle school, I forget what year it was. I want, for some reason, I want to say it was seventh grade, but I'm not particularly sure. Um, I had a substitute teacher and he, I guess, very clearly didn't feel like teaching that day. <laughs> and it was near Halloween. So he was like, oh, you guys want to like hear a scary story instead of doing your work? And of course, you have a room full of middle schoolers who are like, hell yeah, why wouldn't we? So he proceeded to tell us this story. It's a story about this woman and she's driving home from whatever engagement she had just left. Was it work? Was it a party? I have no idea. But it was dark and she was driving and all of a sudden she has like this big, um, one of those big trucks. What are those? Like an 18-wheeler? Yeah. The one with the trailers? Mm-hmm. Following her and flashing their high beams at her. So she's like, oh, that's weird. Like, I don't know why they're doing that. And so she, you know, she keeps driving. She decides that she's not going to, like, go home right away because it seems like this truck is following her. And she's, like, very uncomfortable. And from what I remember, it was, like, one of those, like, stories that's set, like, on back roads. Of course. It's not set in, like, a well-lit city. (laughs) It's not a metropolitan area it is someone's boony backyard precisely bunches of curvy roads and so she keeps going and she keeps going and every so often the the truck flashes their lights on flashes their lights on you know as they keep driving and it's periodic and so finally she's like what like freaking out and like okay this person's definitely following me like what am I gonna do thinking, you know, I'm assuming I'm not her. It's a story. (laughs) Um, But the whole thing, right? So she like, doesn't know what to do. And I don't know, this is like where the gap in the story is for me. Like, I'm not sure how it happens. But eventually, she I don't know if she pulls over or she like gets to a place that's well lit or whatever. But she finally realizes that the reason that the truck driver keeps flashing his high beams at her is not because he's trying to scare her or like follow her or traumatize her it's because the truck driver had noticed that there was a person in her back seat who kept trying to like pop up and strangle her or like kill her or something and so every time the truck driver could see that the figure in the back seat was popping up to try and do something he would flash his high beams so that like he was show it like showing the creep in the back seat like hey I see you like kind of thing I'm here like don't try anything I have no idea so he was like the truck driver was basically trying to warn the woman driving the car that there was someone in her back seat that's fucking terrifying I'm already scared about getting into my car at night and I definitely always look in the back seat because I think Growing up, I heard an iteration of that story, and it's always scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Like, what? Like, why? <laughs> why? Why are adults telling kids these weird fucking stories? <laughs> right? It's like, we're not going to definitely grow up to be a Lifetime movie, because you maybe wait until we're a little older to warn us about some of this shit. Let me get past my traumatic, like, preteen pubescent years. <laughs> Let me pimple in peace. <laughs> That is terrifying. I hated that. Yeah, I think about it all the time. Actually, I'm pretty sure that's probably part of what sparked my interest in, like, like true crime. Mm. Like, I try and distance myself now because it's actually become a great source of anxiety for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that stuff. But, like, the, but I think that's, like, kind of when I started realizing that people are bad just for the sake of being bad and like actually do shit like that like that's probably happened to plenty of people Mm -hmm. and I was like the fuck that's real those things happen like yeah but also what is a middle school sub doing telling like yeah 10 no seventh grade I think you're like 12 12. yeah 
but still. I work in schools. I should. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But still, 12. I mean, that's so fucking young. Why would you tell someone that story? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know for... So as an adult, now that I'm an adult, I don't understand the point of telling a kid a scary story if if it's not a cautionary tale that's directly applicable. Because like, what do you, do you get your jolly seeing a bunch of little kids being like, fuck, man, that's so scary. I'm going to see the bed now because I'm going to have bad dreams about this. Like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> and even as a cautionary tale, like, what, like, why not just have a conversation and be like, Hey, little kid, sometimes scary things happen, and here's a way we could handle them or, like, try and prevent them instead of being like, hey, (laughs) sit down and let me tell you this fucking scary-ass story so you're petrified of everything for the rest of your life. Also, like, assuming the guy has a partner, I imagine he goes home from a day of substitute teaching and his partner, whomever that is, is like, Oh, honey, how was your day? And he's like, oh, man, you yeah, you wouldn't believe their faces. I told this room of seventh graders this story. And, like, what? How do you react? I just, yeah, I have so many questions about adults who tell kids scary stories only to scare them. Right. I don't, yeah. You and me both. I really wish, like, oh, middle school was so horrible for me. But I wish I could remember if anyone was in that class with me that I, like, would talk to now. Mm. And that they could confirm that that's not just a weird fever dream I've had. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely wasn't. That's such a specific memory. But, like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, well, like, me and my paranormal brain, the whole time you're telling the story, I'm like, okay, so the truck driver is psychic or a medium, mm-hmm. and he can see an uh, evil entity in the back of her car. Dun, dun. Um, yeah, definitely could make for a good story. I wish I had researched more before we started recording because I wonder if that's like a tall tale too. I'm sure it is. Well, I've actually I mean, met somebody who, um, some somewhat sensitive, a friend, and um, they had definitely like confided in me that they at one point like they knew that there was somebody like hitching a ride with them like what the f in like oh my god as like a yes, ghost yes mm-hmm. and you then know. yeah they were like okay like i don't i'm not sensing any like you know negativity from you but i can't bring you all the way home so as soon as i cross like cross the border i think it was like new hampshire and massachusetts like you have to leave and like as soon as they crossed the border they turned like they didn't feel them there anymore or something how does that work? Like, I wonder how that feels. Is it like shudder where you just feel like there's perpetually a small human on your shoulders? Or like, have you guys seen that movie? Do you get what I'm saying? I have no. not. <laughs> oh, shit. I might have just spoiled part. Uh, no, it's I a- love that description, though. <laughs> I know. I'm like, hmm. I I, do you want me to spoil it for you? <laughs> Are you guys going to watch it? I don't know if you really like horror movies like that. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. Okay, so the whole presence of the movie is like this guy's in Japan, and I want to say he's a wedding photographer. I really haven't seen it since I was like a teenager. But uh, he like is being haunted very clearly throughout the movie, and this ghost keeps showing up in like Polaroids that he takes, I'm pretty sure. I might be butchering this, but this is how it is in my head. (laughs) And at the end of the movie, the reveal, someone takes a photo like of him, And the ghost is a small Japanese woman ghost that's been sitting on his head, like on his shoulders and just like sucking the life out of him. Ooh. Right? That's fucking intense. So that sounds more of a depiction of an attachment rather than just having like somebody hitching a ride in the back of your car, literally. How do you feel that? Like, okay, so... I have such a hard time with paranormal stuff because I am very good at like making myself think there's something in a dark corner. But like, is that just me being very in tune with stuff that's probably in a dark corner or am I just anxious? It could be either. The the magic Mm -hmm. of the human brain. You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Hello. Hello. 
Is this thing on? <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, yeah. Do you guys have any other stories that you remember that like really got you when you were young? Tosh, you you got one. I'm thinking. I'm. I mean, I don't know if this is like worth telling, but I'll tell it anyway. Um, so I my like one true fear was was like aliens growing up. Like, Mm. I loved hearing about ghosts and, like, all this stuff, but for whatever reason, like, the little green people and, like, their little bodies and, like, the shadow of, like, the door opening, like, that was terrifying to me (laughs) for whatever reason. Um, So I – but I was also, like, at the same time, like, super interested, like, to learn more. So it was, like, one of those things. But I used to have, like, these walkie-talkie things that were, like, a headset and they were like obviously like made for kids like they had like this little antenna and like a, a mic and like it was like basically walkie talkies but like a headset for you and like a friend so i used to put them on all the time and just like roam around with like no other friend just me <laughs> nobody on the other end um and like with like binoculars and like look at weird shit in the sky and like all these weird radio signals and stuff would come through all the time and um, I don't know, like I used to pretend like I was talking to aliens and the, at one point there was like a blimp in the sky, I think, cause I lived like outside of Boston at this point, the same fucking house now that I think about it. Um, so same ah. Yep. And then I'm like looking and there was like a blimp, I would assume today. Um, but it was just like stationary in the sky. And I'm like, I know that blimps like move slow, but like this is just chilling there, chilling and chilling. And I don't even know to this day if they can do that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just remember being convinced that like I was communicating with it, but that could have also just been me being a nerdy creep obsessed with aliens. (laughs) You know, like more often than not, I really lament on the fact that the like, our group of friends did not grow up together because we were such similar children. Mm-hmm. Like, like I did shit like that all the time. Like, I remember this one instance of, like, my friend Rachel found this book on, like, past lives and, like, reincarnation. Like, that whole thing. Love it. Um, I think, like, in her, like, in her mom's room or something. And so... She had taken it, and we were at my house, and we took turns, we took turns each laying on the couch, like trying to recall our past lives and like, li- like talking each other through it, like verbatim out of the book. Like that's amazing. That so aliens and past lives are two of the creepy, strange things that like I feel like you guys and a lot of my friends just in general are like interested in and they're the two things that I know the least about and that I'm the least worried about (laughs) (laughs) that you're worried about yeah because like like Natasha you describing like how you're really bugged out by like little green dudes and like aliens and like for me it was just a Lisa Frank like icon I didn't really think of aliens as anything when I was a kid (laughs) it's amazing I love that. That was, yeah. I guess that's, like, another pronounced memory for me, doing that, like, weird shit. Um, I also played a lot of Ouija. Mm -hmm. Whenever I tell people that, like, I had an ex who, like, was really weirded out that I had done that because his grandmother, like, had always told him not to play around with that because that's how, like, the devil gets in you or something. And he wasn't terribly religious. Like, he didn't believe in that, I'm pretty sure. But he still, like, refused. He was like, absolutely not. I'm not touching that. Like, so it's, like, funny how superstitions, quote, unquote, religion, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't want to offend anybody. Um, But, like, how that stuff sticks with you, like, even though you necessarily might not believe it anymore, it still, like, puts up, like, a red flag of, like, nope not touching that like it's just interesting mm-hmm. I mean I was told growing up too my mom and like we weren't particularly religious either but she she always told me to stay away from them and I always did um wasn't into mm-hmm. it and I did it once uh 
and we were like in high school because one of us had a car and we just like drove to this like abandoned house um in the middle of nowhere and we just were too afraid to get out of the car and like go and at like on the lawn or like trying to get in the house or whatever because people definitely still owned it or whatever but they weren't like around um but it was all like old and like paint was peeling and like you could tell nobody had been living there forever so we did it in the car outside of the house and nothing fucking happened not like we all like promised not to move it and whatever and it just fucking sat there and I was like fuck this shit (laughs) um if it works then like cool I don't need to know about it (laughs) well the thing too is like for me now I guess as like an adult thinking about it I think the appeal is just more the mystery and like the what if and like all that good stuff like it's mass produced by like Parker Brothers or something like it's not particularly sacred you know right I feel like, like the, the one my friend got was literally at like Toys R Us R.I.P. yeah literally <laughs> <laughs> the one I had or that I don't know maybe it was a friend because I don't have it anymore but yeah like <laughs> what's that gonna do I don't know man the I way mean, it is, could. It a, is it called a pinnacle or the, the planchette that thing, it's like a magnifying glass. And if you can kill ants with sunlight with a magnifying glass, I feel like the reverse can happen with demons and ghosts. Oh, my God. You're right. That's fucking wild. Also, I mean, if you just think about, like, history of witchcraft and, like, all that stuff, it's like you can literally just have the letters written out on a piece of scrap paper if the intent is there. Especially being children, too. Like you said, they are more vulnerable and obviously more apt yeah. to do something like that. It's like... You can still manifest something out of nothing if the intent is there. And that is the scary part. And that's why I don't mess with them still, even in, in the paranormal world. I'm um, now. I feel like I had, like, calmed myself down. I was like, yeah, it's mass produced. It's probably fine. And you're like, well, actually, you can make anything out of nothing if the intent is there. I had to. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it's. No, I, like, I didn't even think about it that way. Me either. I thought, like, yeah, I don't know why the commercialized version of it seems more believable to me than, like, scrap paper and, like, probably stones. I don't know how magic works, but uh, it's kind of similar to what you guys were saying. My mom, I mean, she, like, made me go through some of the Catholic rites, like, growing up, but... She's never been particularly religious, and any time I've told her, I've, I feel like I've witnessed something paranormal, or I've had a really weird dream that seems like this. She's always the first one to be like, "Oh, you're just overreacting." But um, she told me because my friend, my best friend in elementary school, her and her mom had a Ouija board, and like we did it together, the three of us. I used to sleep over there all the time, and she was the cool mom. Like she's the mom that would rent sleepy hollow from blockbuster when we were in fourth grade and like let us watch it so she was a chill mom she's the best but uh yeah I remember doing it with them and like the mom tried to summon her mom who was who was passed and like I told my mom about it when I came home and she was like don't you ever try to summon your grandfather with that because at the time that was really the only family member that I was like close with that I'd lost She's like, don't you try to summon your grandfather because whatever's on that other side can make themselves look like your grandfather and they'll show up and you'll believe them and that's it. And then they're in and they're they're stuck to you and it's not your real grandfather. I was like, okay, mom. I mean, good warning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's legit. That's a perfect example because yeah. you know that's who I was trying to summon. <laughs> Loki, you're like, he's already here. <laughs> Ooh, awkward. Don't say that. He's right there. <laughs> Wish you would have told me this before. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. But, yeah, I don't know. I feel very comforted in the fact that you guys had very similar childhoods. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel a little bit more normal. Right? I appreciate Maybe. it. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I remember doing, too, is there was this book. I think I've probably told you guys about it before. But... There was this book in my elementary school library. Uh-oh. 
that was all about ghosts and like like famous ghosts and had all these pictures and stuff mm-hmm. and me and my best friend in elementary school would check that out literally all the time like I don't even know if anybody else ever got to check it out because we just like rotated it between the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so bummed because every time I think about it, I'm like, what was that book called? Like, I would love to look at it again. Oh my God. I did the same thing, except it was a book about UFOs because I had that weird, terrifying relationship with aliens. <laughs> and I freaking stole the book. I like, checked it out and I never returned it and I had it for years I wish I had it still but I don't oh my god my one book that I never returned to the library and I might have mentioned this the last time we hung out it was about Anne Hutchinson I had to do a book report and I had to make like a cardboard person that opened their arms to a book report (laughs) and it was about her and I never returned it and I really wish I still had it so I could return it because I feel bad about it like now that I know how libraries work with like funding, it's like PBS, man. You don't steal from PBS. <laughs> You're an angel. <laughs> I wish I still had it because then I would return it. <laughs> me, I'm like, I just want to look at it again. <laughs> I know, me too. I'm like, man, I wish I, now I really wish I was friends with Tosh because you know we would have stole that book. Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh my God, that's so great. Oh, to be young again. I know. I So I'm sure you guys saw on Instagram, I recently purchased the three, um, all three of the scary stories to tell in the dark because that was like my gym jam when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And it was always, okay, so it's the same friend whose mom did the Ouija board and let us watch Sleepy Hollow. She, like, I was really poor growing up, but my friend seemed to have it all. Like, she had gushers in the cabinet and fruit roll-ups. And Elio's Pizza in the freezer. But uh, she had all three of those books and she would bring them to school. So during outdoor recess, our second recess post-lunch, we would have 45 minutes. And I remember for like years, I would read the scary stories aloud and like a small group of my friends would act out what was what I was narrating so like oh that was how God. we spent outdoor recess. So I would do like the voices and like the sound effects. It was probably terrible, but I loved it. That's amazing. I love that so much. It was like your own little drama production in the corner. Exactly. Very low budget. <laughs> you know, sometimes those are the best kind. <laughs> Speaking that- of abandoned houses, Tosh, it made me think I I often think about a lot of the shit that I did when I was younger that like Definitely not safe. Like I was never really a reckless or dangerous person. Uh, but I remember my friend lived on like the other side of town for me and she had like part of her area had been redeveloped. It was like McMansions, like those kind of prefab homes. They were beautiful, but they're huge. Um, but they, the properties all abutted this like really, really vast, like foresty type area. And one of the few times I've agreed to go hiking in my life, I think I was in like seventh grade and it was my friend and we were at her house. She was like, yeah, let's just go hiking through like the forest in my backyard. I was like, all right, cool, let's go. So we went and I hated it. It was hot out and there were bugs, but then we got to a clearing and there was this like little two-story dilapidated, I think that's how that word is said, house that was like had graffiti on the outside and like vines growing through the windows, like the windows were blown out. And I remember her being like, let's go inside. And I was like, fuck you, let's go inside. And we went inside. (laughs) (laughs) So we went in through, there was like a bulkhead to the basement that was open. The door was off of it. So we went through it. And then there was like, I remember there were like jars. It was the basement. So there were like um, jars on shelves, like nothing creepy. There weren't any like embryos or anything, but it was jars on shelves and like woodworking tools. And she was like, let's go upstairs. And I was like, Oh my fucking God. Okay. So we went upstairs and I just, it was like probably like five or six o'clock at night in the summertime. So like it was starting to, the sun was starting to wind down and she just wanted to explore like every nook and cranny of this house. And I remember walking around we got into the kitchen and like there was a hole in the kitchen floor that was at least like a human body like wide it was like six feet wide and straight through to the basement 
So we had to like meander ourselves around that. And then we went up these stairs and there was like one bedroom at the top of the stairs. It was the entirety of the second floor and it had like eaves and stuff. And it had been clear like teenagers or something had been partying there because there was graffiti everywhere, but there was a bunch of fucking pentagrams and like hail Satan and shit like that spray painted on the walls. And I was like, uh, we need to go. And we, we'd left and I never went back, but God, that was probably the most, one of the scariest things I've ever actually done. Thank God it was during daylight hours. Yeah, no, that's, that's next level. Like, never mind, like summoning the demon. Uh, like, it's like, you could have fallen through those damn steps. <laughs> yeah, that's like a real medical concern. <laughs> From a basic safety standpoint. Right. Uh, but also like you said like this is like around your friend's house. Like, did she bring you there on purpose? Did she find that before? I have a feeling because she's she I'm not really friends with her anymore. She's a great person, but she was always like the crazy friend. Like she didn't give a fuck and would just try anything. So I have a feeling she like bumped into it, but maybe it was something that she was like, I don't want to do that alone. She like had a sense of clarity for a moment was like, I should bring a human. (laughs) So maybe. Creepy. Mm -hmm. That is amazing and horrible. Because I got to say, I 100% as a youth would have been that friend. I I have a feeling, yeah, because you're what chaotic good or something. <laughs> I forget what you are. Hell yeah. <laughs> yep, that's me. As an adult, though, I would probably, maybe not, encourage you to do that. <laughs> I think of that all the time. Like, why were we out there? I was definitely wearing like capris because that was still a thing at the time. Oh yeah, and like ticks are a thing. Like, there are so many things I would think about now before venturing into the wilderness that, like, I had no, we didn't have water, we didn't have backpacks. I don't even think I had a cell phone at the time. Like, what the fuck? That's wild. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Kids are, kids don't think about that stuff. No, that's why they're susceptible. They're so stupid. (laughs) They're so grateful. (laughs) They are. Yeah, but uh, they don't have fully developed brains yet, which is why we have to teach them, and also why they make decisions like that. And that's <laughs> particularly in middle school. That's still so hard for me to reckon with because, despite my choices that I made when I was younger, like things that I would never let my hypothetical future child get away with, like. I still think it, I was like, no, I was of sound mind. Like my brain was fully developed and I decided to do that. Whereas now like Ryan and I were watching an HGTV show earlier and they were like cordless blinds. And I was like, oh shit, that's good for when you have kids. And I was like, yeah, cause kids fucking could accidentally hang themselves. Like what the shit? Like kids are wild. It's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have blinds in my office right now that still have like the the tags on them that are like keep away from child will strangle like all the shit and I'm like oh, I hate looking at that. <laughs> it's depressing. I know. You're like I just want to check on my leaves. God damn it. <laughs> I only have children. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my god. Oh well. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's been fun. That was a been fun. That was a fun storytelling hour right there. It was literally an hour. And um, if you made it to the end, thank you guys so much. We're going to keep doing this and hopefully get better at it as we go. Um, I feel like we have so a lot of topics to cover. Um, I know you have a list, Sam, if you want to throw out some examples. Yes, we have a whole list of things for you guys um, coming up. So no shortage of topics. Some things that we are going to cover are tarot, crystals, aliens, more in depth, (laughs) meditation, vampires, witch trials slash history of witchcraft, um, National Space Station video, mystical creatures, Satanism, um, natural phenomena like St. Elmo's Fire, Cavern of Eternal Fire, 
the blue caverns, um, and then other things like Deja Vu, Folia Do, which is the madness of two. Super interesting. Um, and the list goes on and on. But if you have any ideas for us to cover that you would like us to go over, definitely don't hesitate to send those our way. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening and stick around and we'll have some more cool shit for you.